Hey everyone, it's Stephanie from True Crime Anonymous. I just want to tell you about this app called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it is everything you need in a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. True Crime Anonymous may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to True Crime Anonymous. My name is Stephanie and today we will be talking about the case of Trisha Todd. Trisha Todd was born on February 19, 1986 to parents Rebecca Hasselbach and David Todd in Stewart, Florida. She had seven siblings, all of which were brothers. I can't even imagine that. That's so crazy. Anyways, Trisha was described as being a joy to her family from the moment she was born. She was a dream daughter and a dream sister. She was everyone's best friend. One of her brothers, Josh, said that she was always his best friend. Always. Josh also said that she was very outgoing, always the life of the party. Everyone just absolutely loved Trisha. In high school, she met a man named Stephen Williams, and they started dating. After high school, they both joined the Air Force, and that's where, in 2005, they ended up getting married to each other. Trisha was a great wife to Stephen, and he was also a great husband to Trisha. Trisha's dad loved Stephen. Trisha's dad had said that Stephen was always kind and gracious to her. He let her do whatever she wanted. It was just an all-around good, healthy marriage. That's at least from the outside. But nothing is as it seems. And in today's case you'll see that you never truly know anyone. You'll never truly know what makes them tick and what's going to make them go over the edge. At some point in their marriage, Trisha and Stephen end up having a baby, and they name her Faith. But after Faith was born, things kind of went sour between the two, and they ended up getting a divorce in 2016. 
The divorce was very amicable. Trisha didn't even accept alimony. She didn't want to take money from Stephen. She had a job at a local hospice and was getting by just fine. She didn't need his money. But she did accept child support from Stephen. You know, to help with the expenses of raising Faith. And Trisha ends up leaving the Air Force. She moved to Hobe Sound, Florida, and studied to be a registered nurse. <clears throat> On the evening of April, April 26th, Trisha goes to get some groceries, um, you know, at the local grocery store and just kind of does her normal thing. She wanted to just grab some food and go home because that day she had spent the whole day with Stephen and Faith. Stephen had come down from North Carolina for a week to spend some time with their daughter Faith. He had rented an Airbnb type thing and Faith was to spend the week there with him. It gave Trisha a much-needed break. Like I need. I need one of those. I need a much-needed break. Anyways, the day of April 26th, they had spent the day together. When it was time to go, Trisha picked Faith up and gave her a nice big kiss and headed to go to the grocery store. But shortly after she had got home, Stephen had called Trisha and asked her to come back because Faith had all of a sudden fallen ill and he needed her help. So like a good mom, or like any mom, she just dropped whatever she was doing and headed over. But the next day, Trisha doesn't show up for work at the hospice. She was not there. And everyone was kind of worried. So her employer called Trisha's emergency contact, which is her brother, her, um, her brother John. And he's like, no, I haven't seen her, but I'll go to her house and check on her. Maybe she's just sick and not answering the phone and lost track of time. Who knows? So I'll head to her house and and check on her so he does and when he gets to her house he sees that her car is parked in the driveway and so he pulls up next to her car opens the door and sees that her purse is in her car and the keys are in the ignition and she was nowhere in her house and no one had heard from her so they call the local authorities and initially they just kind of treated it as like a mom who just didn't come back sometimes apparently mothers do this i don't know not me but maybe they were with a guy or something but it's just like she vanished no one has heard from her no one has seen her no credit card activity, no cell phone activity, 
nothing. So police questioned Stephen. He said that he had fallen asleep after she had come back while she was helping care for sick little Faith. And then he thought that she just left after she put her back to sleep or something. And the police said he was nice and compliant. He wanted to cooperate and was very helpful. And there was really no reason to suspect him at that time. He just seemed like someone who wanted to find the mother of their child. Stephen even offered to take a lie detector test. He was known to always have had an impeccable record. All through the Air Force and even in high school, he was always on the honor roll. Trisha's brother had went to school with him and described him as disciplined and very smart. Trisha's dad who would Trisha's dad had always approved of Stephen. He had said he was very proud of both of them for how well they had handled their divorce. So the police just look elsewhere. Apparently, Trisha had a new boyfriend that she was kind of obsessed with. And things kind of seemed a little rocky between them. And Trisha had an online blog and she wrote, quote, This painful love affair, it's a Pisces and Scorpio thing. Are you happy? I've never had a deep blue love affair with a true Scorpio that didn't feel this way, end quote. Whatever that means. Police kind of took it as her relationship was rocky, but she was born in February, and I don't think that's Pisces or Scorpio, so I don't know, but the police take it as her relationship is kind of off and so the police look into this guy and they follow him everywhere they interviewed him several times and he was good and he was no longer a suspect and police have nothing so they just kind of look deeper into Stephen. And they find that <clears throat> Trisha has a daily journal that she writes in. And in her journal, she said that Stephen was abusing her and even abusing her pets. He even killed a few of them right in front of her. This is so messed up. I can't even think of that. Like, if I was in a relationship with a man and he had killed my cat, I would freak out. It's so not right. I love my kitty. Anyway, a man had also come forward and said that he saw Stephen that night driving Trisha's car. The investigator said it was like peeling back layers of an onion. 
and with each layer it looked worse and worse for Stephen. Surveillance cameras even confirmed that Stephen had been driving his car and Trisha's too that night. There was also a camera by Trisha's house that was actually kind of really grainy, but it showed that a black female with a large greenish military rucksack was running from her house and when investigators you know tell him all of this and show him the footage that's when he folds he actually confesses now while he's confessing He comes clean that he took something to calm his nerves to make the polygraph results come back inconclusive. He says that he took a medication called gabapentin. And when you take this medication, it messes with the polygraph. And Stephen knew this. I guess maybe he researched it online or something. But he knew by taking the gabapentin that the results would come back inconclusive and investigators asked Stephen what exactly happened he said that he had called Trisha and told her that the baby was sick and that he needed her help but this was an accident He said that he had punched her, which is just not right. But then she falls and hits her head and dies. And he didn't mean to kill her. It was an accident. He just meant to punch her and physically abuse her. It's That's just not much better. Anyway... After that, he just figured it would be a good idea to dispose of her body, you know, like, instead of just calling the police. He had said that he dumped her body in an isolated, remote area. And police had spent five weeks and thousands of man hours with no results at this point. I can literally imagine how frustrating this must have been. But in order to avoid the death penalty, Stephen took the plea deal that was offered to him. 35 years in prison with a full confession and he had to give up the location of Trisha's body. The police and investigators' ultimate goal at this point was just to find Trisha and give her a proper proper burial. So with that, Stephen confessed. He said he strangled her and then shoved her into a two-foot by three-foot plastic container. Then he dismembered her and put her back into the container and filled it with acid. Stephen led authorities to Hungryland Wildlife Reserve. He had walked right over to the spot and put a little orange flag down onto the ground of the three-foot grave 
that he had dug for her. But no one could have prepared themselves for what was about to come. Not even seasoned investigators or seasoned detectives. They saw her torso. Her teeth and fingertips had been removed, so it would be hard for her to be identified. Much of the teeth and fingertips had actually been spread all around the burial site as well. So they kept finding random little teeth mixed in with the gravel and random fingertips just mixed in with dirt. This is so disrespectful. Just so horrible. I can't even... I can't. I, I just can't. Next to where Trisha had been buried was a pond. They had dive teams go in to see what, if anything, they could find. And they found something. In the pond, they ended up finding mutilation tools, a chainsaw, and a reciprocating saw. And the reciprocating saw actually had her hair and remains of some sort on or in the saw blade. It was such a horrible day for Trisha's family. They were happy she was found and happy that she could be properly laid to rest, but they were all just beyond shocked that this man that they had so highly approved of had done this and that he had done this in such a horrible manner. She didn't deserve to die in the first place, but she especially didn't deserve to die this way. Stephen Williams was sentenced to 35 years in prison by Judge Lawrence Merman on September 30th, 2016. Prosecutors said that if they had known the extreme manner in which he killed Trisha, he would be on death row right now. He would never have been offered this plea deal. Trisha's brother Jonathan and his wife Chastity ended up adopting Trisha and Stephen's daughter Faith. They actually have a daughter of their own, just about the same age, and they're best friends. So it's good that Faith is in a good home with another girl who's about the same age, so she has a best friend, and she I can imagine she just really needs that. Someday she will know just what her own father did to her mom. And I can't imagine being the one to have to tell her that. But Jonathan and Chastity are very religious people. And they said that they have forgiven Stephen. Even though the the monstrosity he is, God gives them the power to forgive him. But this story isn't over. After Stephen was sent to prison, Detective Michael Oliver went to the prison to talk to him. 
Stephen had actually been captured on Home Depot surveillance cameras in North Carolina buying acid months before her murder. Detective Oliver wanted the real truth. And Stephen gave it to him. <clears throat> Stephen said that he had planned to kill her in advance. But after spending the day with her, he just didn't have the nerve to do it. But he had to do it. Stephen texted Trisha to say that Faith was sick and that he needed her help. That part was true. But the next part is a little different this time. He said that when she came back, he almost immediately started to strangle her. But he stopped strangling her because he wanted her to regain consciousness so he could force her to reveal her email password, PIN number, and other information. Sick, sick, sick. Stephen had planned to send fake emails to Trisha's family saying that she left to Haiti on a mission trip. But when she regained consciousness, all she did was scream. So we beat her in the head with a club until she was silent. Then he put his hands around her neck one last time and choked her to death. All while their daughter, Faith, slept in the next room. He then brought Faith to the babysitter's house and headed for Highland Wildlife Preserve. He drove over to the spot where he had already dug a small three-foot grave for her body. He filled the container with acid, then cut her up into pieces and put the pieces inside the bucket. And you may be asking, why? Why would he do this to her? The divorce was very amicable. She didn't even want alimony because she was making her own money. Everyone wanted to know why. And this is why. Stephen was tired of paying child support. He wanted full custody of Faith. And because he didn't like the way that Trisha had disrespected him on a Skype call with their daughter from his Air Force base in North Carolina. I know, this is crazy. He killed and dismembered the mother of his daughter because he didn't want to help support his daughter financially. Like, isn't that the least he could do? She was basically raising her on her own. He was in North Carolina. She was in Florida. You know, the least he could do was give her a little bit of money to help. Like, didn't he know there were other options? I guess some people, well, actually most people, will never know why he did what he did. I mean, he gave us a reason why, but I mean, like, why, though? It just, to a normal person, doesn't make sense. Stephen and Trisha were married for 11 years and were together since high school. They knew each other for half of their lives. 
this case really just proves that you will never truly know anyone. You never really know what makes a person tick or what's going to make them snap. And now the story is over. Again, I just wanted to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for sticking around. I am learning. My episodes aren't perfect. I just hope that each one is better than the last. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Just search True Crime Anonymous. Twitter and Instagram are coming soon. We are now on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and all of your favorite podcast platforms. Please don't forget to like, follow, share, and support True Crime Anonymous. It would mean the world to us. Last thing. I made merch. I made fire merch. The sweatshirts are so fire. So cool. My logo is dope. So... They're just super cool. I got sweatshirts, t-shirts, socks, just a few things to start to see if people will buy my stuff. Um, But if it ends up being successful, we'll make more things. Um, And that's it. This story just proves you never really know anybody you might think you do but you don't and that's it i'm stephanie this is true crime anonymous enjoy your columbus day weekend and i'll see you next time well i won't see you i can't see you but whatever. Until next time, I'm Stephanie, and this is True Crime Anonymous.